Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Politics Podcast. In this episode, I'm with Jara McConnell. She's a jewellery designer that makes shambhalas, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, and much more. In this podcast, we talk about Jara's journey, um, which is a really, really motivational, inspiring story about how she got into making jewellery and her life-changing experiences around it. I'm really humbled to have Jara on the podcast. Now, hope you enjoy this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. So in the first bit of the podcast, um, the connection broke off with the Anchor platform and I couldn't reconnect with Jara. So I had to reconnect with her via a video call on um, Instagram. So we kind of go straight into how she got into what she does. Enjoy. Working in and out of school, 
and working with children, and I would punch in my eye and detach my retina. So at this point, at this point, I don't have children. I'm not married. This is like 18 years ago, and I have maybe I think it was nine eye surgeries, nine or ten eye surgeries to fix fix my left eye, and it it didn't come back. And so I don't have any vision in my left eye. And then you fast forward, I'm, you know, newly divorced, two children, three jobs. Like I had a full-time job and two part-time jobs. And um, I was getting my hair done. And all of a sudden I couldn't see the same way that I couldn't see when I was punched. But I had no trauma in my eyes. So immediately I go to the doctor and she says, yes, you have a detached retina and it's different. It's like I had lightning struck like two or three times in me. And uh, she said that I had an older person's like 80-year-old eye. And what happens is, is that it, it, it's degenerative. And so it was putting holes every time I would blink, it would rip holes in my retina. Oh, my God. And so slowly but surely, I didn't realize it because it's not in the front of my eye, right? I can't see it because mm. it's not in the side of my vision. So um, she goes, there's so many holes in your eye, I can't even count. So at this point, now I'm completely blind, two children, and newly divorced, no help. My dad has to move in with me to help take care of my kids, take them to school, and help me recoup, right? Because I can't work. I'm face down. And literally, it's just black, you know. So I navigated through that for like nine months. And I, it was just a really interesting, organic time for me because I didn't panic. It was one of those things where there's so many times in my life where if it's uncertain and we don't know and we don't have control over it, we're so, um, we're not proactive about it, right? We're just reactionary to the, to the situation. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, so slowly but surely I healed, but the rub of that was that I couldn't go back to teaching. I'm in the middle of getting my master's at the time, so now I'm blind, and I have to navigate through technology to help me see, and that was really, really hard because you have to be so patient, and when you have a mouse that reads everything, when I say it reads everything, we're talking like backslash, backslash, semicolon, and that's what it reads to you. So your brain scans so much, you know what I mean, with your eyes that we don't read, right? You just scan. Mm. And without that, without that ability with your vision, it makes it really hard. So I had a decision to make where once I couldn't go back to school, I couldn't, I, I couldn't provide for my family. That's all I knew. So I started. My friend said, you know, you need to make a mala. And I was raised Catholic and believed in God. And she goes, I know you believe in God, but I really want you to try to meditate. And to see what that looks like. And I said, but, and she goes, well, I want you to make your own mala. And I said, do you know how tiny a hole is to put a string through a bead? You know what I mean? And you're, it's, you're blind. And so I thought about my mantra. A mantra is something that you put into the mala bead. It's a Tibetan prayer necklace that has 108 beads. And then it has a guru bead where all the prayers and your intentions or your mantra goes. And as you wear it, it manifests that intention or that prayer that you're trying to put out in the world and you're bringing it back to you, you're attracting it to you, like light attracts light. And so I did it. It took me like three months to make this mala. 
and it had knots, they weren't tight, you know, it was a hot mess, but it was mine, and I made it. And every surgery I went through, my, my mantra was love and wellness. Like, I am well, I am love. And for me, my perception, my perspective of what it meant, it wasn't if I was going to get my sight back, right? It was when. Like, I'm fucking getting my sight back, and I'm going to will myself to see again. You know what I mean? Like, I have no other choice. Or I resigned in myself, if I'm going to be blind, let's do this, right? Mm. So the last, the last eye surgery, she says, listen, I'm not going to do surgery anymore. If your vision does not come back after this surgery, that's it. No more. And I said, okay, but you're faced with, is it going to happen? If not, let's see what it looks like to be blind. So the Center for the Blind was prepared to come into my house. Um, they were going to take my license, and I couldn't drive. And I said, please test me one more time. So they have to do this, like, pressure test and all this kind of stuff. And she says, no, there's nothing. And the next time they did it, there was like a pinhole of light. And I could see my daughter standing there, just a little bit. You know what I mean? But it was something. It was something other than black, right? Because for so long, and you have to keep your head down. And I felt like a wounded animal. I'm a very confident, pride person. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not shy. You know what I mean? And, um, and so when you, when you have a detached retina, you have to have your face down, right? Because gravity is going to heal your, your eyes what's going to help you heal your eyes. So you have to be face down and having the weight of that try to heal your eyes. So organically, I started making other malas once my vision slowly but surely came back. Um, and you have to remember, too, during this time, and I couldn't worry about these. Um, like, to me, they were just details. They weren't the most important thing of what's going, what's going on in my life. My house went foreclosure. I couldn't pay my bills. I made $638 a month. That's it. That's, a, that's not very long. You know what I mean? And um, so that was really, you know, scary. But you have to compartmentalize, like, what's important. You know what I mean? It's not like I, I could do anything different. I couldn't work out any better. I couldn't eat any better. I just had to wait and set those intentions and really be positive. And so it all worked out. But, I, you know, I didn't go back to to work, I started, uh, my friend's like, you know, why don't you start selling your bracelets for your malas at the farmer's market? And I said, I don't think I can do that. It's a very spiritual thing for me, and I love what I do, and I love that I can bring just a little bit of joy to somebody with my pieces, right? And so I set up a table, and it was like maybe a dinner tray table. You know, I had 10 bracelets and four malas that I had made all scratch and was all proud of them, you know what I mean? And I gave them all away. Wow. <laughs> because you run across people that are like, oh my God, this is so great. And you think to yourself, what a small token that I can do for somebody that brings them joy, but it's not like I was bringing the children joy. And I think that's what bothered me is that I was really good at my job. I took on the hard kids. I took on the kids that nobody wanted and that were really behaviorally challenged, right? So I felt like I was doing that community. I wasn't helping them anymore, right? But now I found myself a different way of helping other people and bringing them joy in a different way, if that makes sense. So um, two weeks later, after I set up my booth, my boyfriend runs the farmer's market, and we start dating, 
And he goes, you know what, Jerry? He goes, I've been doing this 17 years. And he says, you never know who's going to walk around the corner. You may look at somebody and they may look like they have no money. And they may be the people that buy 10 pieces from you. Or the people that look, you know, like they've got it together and they're, they're not interested in your pieces. You know what I mean? They're not interested in your story or whatever it is or, or you bringing them joy. So for me, connecting with people, like you say, and listening to their stories and turning my pieces into a story that helps them was priceless for me. And um, so I'm standing there and I'm making lava bracelets, right? You can put diffusers on it. You know, you can put oils on them essential oils and things like that and so this guy comes up and he's from australia and he's got an accent and he picks up like seven of the bracelets and he goes we're doing this and i was like well that's awesome you know and he goes how much are they and i told him and he says well i'd like to take these and i said okay and i start kind of telling him my story and he is like in awe of my story and what it meant for me to get where i was at and he was really interested in me designing for him and I just didn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't, I was, I don't know how to explain it. It caught me off guard that he was like, well, I want you to design for us. And you got to remember, I have zero design experience, um, zero education. And I had just been making malas and things for maybe two months. You know what I mean? Wow. And he says, I want to take a meeting. I want to take a meeting with you. And I said, okay. And so he goes, I'll take these. And he hands out a credit card. And I said, oh, no, I can take cash. I, I don't take a credit card because I'm so new. I don't even have a credit card machine yet. So he goes, oh, my God, you got to get a credit card machine, you know. And at this point, like, I couldn't afford a laptop. I'm mm-hmm. trying to redo my bills. I'm trying to get back into society and trying to get on my own feet, trying to be self-sufficient. I had to be on public assistance. I had to be, and I was proud of that. I really was. Mm-hmm. Those were programs that people are almost embarrassed. And those were things that helped me through a time where I really needed that, those services. And once I didn't need those services, I turned up back in and I said, I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's it. You know, it wasn't something that I wanted to stay on. I wanted to get back to work. So that went on. And uh, and when I took this meeting with him, he is like almost a billionaire. <laughs> and he goes, I want to design for my company. And I said, these are watches that are made of wood. So like Hall of Fame bats, they would make beads and watches. So you would have a part of a Hall of Fame or like a famous building or something. You know what I mean? Like whiskey barrels, wine barrels. Um, The the NBA National Championship floor, they made watches out of that. So my job was to design bracelets to pair with those watches. Wow. And I said, how legit is this guy? He was so legit. I mean, he changed my life. He walked around the corner and he goes, Jerry, he goes, I want to hire you. And I want I want to you to design for a month. And then you're going to come back and we'll renegotiate. So two weeks in, you know, and I have my other jobs, right? I'm trying to heal. I still have a couple eye appointments. I'm still mending, you know, my eyes. And so... He says, I go to him and I said, listen, I said, you're on the last of the totem pole. I don't think I can do this anymore because I don't want to disappoint you, but I also don't want to drop my other responsibilities that I have, right? And he says, I don't think you understand what you're doing, what you're saying to me. And I said, 
he goes, think about what you need a month to not work for those people anymore. I want you to work for me full time, not have to worry about that. And in my head, I'm adding up my bills yeah. for a month. Because I, I'm not a business person. I have no idea what it means to be corporate or have that kind of money. I just, mm. I, I just play it that way. And, um, and so I, I add up all my bills and I say $1,685 is what I need a month to live off of because that's what I was used to, you know? And he laughed at me, not laughed in a bad way, but he was like, oh, no, 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 you need, you know, you don't know your worth. Yeah. And I said, I didn't know what a designer made. And so he goes, now I'm going to, I'm going to write it up again and I'm going to slide it across the table to you. So he did. And the number was $65,000. You got to remember wow. as a teacher, I was making $19,600 yeah. with, with a master's degree <laughs> working in special ed. So when somebody says $65,000, yeah. you know what I mean? In my house from foreclosure. So I designed for him and he, it was around Christmas time. He gives me like two credit cards, two visas for my kids like $500 each, you know, and I didn't have, there wasn't going to be a Christmas that yeah. year because I was trying to get back into my career, all that stuff. So I designed for them for nine months and the rest is history. And I've separated from them. I have now my own branding, you know, for my, for Jerry Young, you know, my pieces. Yeah. And I learned so much from that man and the kindness that he showed me and the empathy when you're in a position where you feel so vulnerable and yet you never know who's going to walk around the corner and change your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it taught this. That's what it was. I didn't want them to think that I was a weak person, that the fear of somebody taking my kids away that I couldn't take care of them mm. was definitely. And it really taught me perseverance and, you know, I, I don't know. I feel so grateful to be in the position that I'm, that I am in and to meet other people to share simple joys with them and make one of a piece, you know, yeah. pieces for them. So that's, that's how I got started and that's what I do now. So I do farmer's markets and I have three farmer's markets that I do total and, uh, and on an Etsy shop and trying to convert now that we don't have the farmer's markets, trying to convert my energy and my passion online. And that's yeah. been really tough, but if I can bring, like you say, if I can connect with one person and bring value to them and joy to them, I, it just it just makes my heart happy, you know. So, yeah. so that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, such an amazing, inspiring, motivating, you know, story that you know you have, and like that experience that you went through where you couldn't see and you didn't think you would ever see again, and. You know, going going through that, those periods, and then you know, on top of that, like you know, your work, and then your house, and then the family, and yeah. everything on top of that. It's like so so crazy, you know. Like it, and and like you said, you came you came around from it, and it's almost like a miracle in some sense, isn't it? And yeah, it really was. And but I think that shows you the power of positivity, mm. the power of bringing that attention and understanding and being okay. So I was at a place where if I was going to be blind, I'm going to 
yeah. and what that looks like. Like, let's stop dwelling on not seeing, and let's see what it looks like and what skills I need to not see. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how I thought about it. And then once I could see, and it just got better from there, I have no peripheral vision, but at least I have the center of my vision. And then I have glasses that help me see, you know, obviously at night. So it just really taught me that life can change on a dime. And if you don't have inventory of what's important in your life, you need to get it. (laughs) You need to figure it out because it's too late when you're reactionary. You know what I mean? There are other choices that are taken away from you. um, And I just didn't want that to happen to me. I wanted to maximize what it meant to be, um, uh, you know what I mean, to have it in front of you. I wanted to maximize my choices and not pigeonhole myself. And if it wasn't for my dad, my dad is, I almost get like emotional thinking about it because he put his life on hold and he moved in and he took care of my kids and myself, no questions asked. Mm. And I just am so grateful. I can't imagine to be in a position where I I didn't have that. So I feel, you know, so, so lucky. Yeah, and it's it's lovely that he did that. Um, It's lovely that he did that as well, and he he stepped in and he helped you with that, you know, in that current situation, in that situation that he was in. And I think like it's pretty, it's pretty. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing with that guy. Well, it just shows you. Oh my God! Yeah, Richie. I mean, my my boyfriend and I have been Their pants, you know, like one of the leg holes to get dressed by themselves. 
we've all got our own views, we've all got our own opinions, and, you know, regardless of what colour our skin is or where we're from, we're still human beings at the end of the day. Oh, my God, yeah. And I can't, like I said, it almost makes me cringe. I mean, it literally makes me cringe, but I can't imagine seeing it in front of my own eyes. Mm. You know, you see it on TV, and you're just like, my God, these are human beings, and these are people, and mm. I just... I don't know. I just, my heart is so heavy, you know, with that. And I truly hope this is just not a week, you know, a one week movement. It has to be something that you are in, like you say, mindful and walk with intention every day, every second, you know? Yeah, no, I I think, I think it will blow over. I think it's, I think with the current situation as well, I think it's almost been like a catalyst because people have already been under pressure from everything, and then this, that, then that event happened, and it's it's just kind of spread, really. I mean, we had pro, we've had protests in London, and there's been actually, you know, where I live, there's a few protests and quite a few fights broke out, and um, especially in London, because like a lot of people. But um, yeah, I mean. It's something that needs to be addressed, and I think people just need it needs to kind of be like a wake up call in some way. People need to be kind, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think too the um, the saying "do the right thing when nobody's looking," right? I don't need accolades to say that I donate things or that I give money or you know wave my own flag. That's mm. not what it's about. Do the right thing when nobody's looking, and you don't need that praise. You should do it because it's, it's what you need to do, and it's the right thing to do, and it's what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? In life. And I think it's so important, just like those cops didn't do anything. You know what I mean? How do you stand back and just watch that happen? It's like, you know, watching somebody get their ass kicked. I'm all about a good fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if it's 10 on 1, if you want to drop it and we'll go toe-to-toe, let's bring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. But it's got to be fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I'll, kick, I'll kick your ass either way, but I want to be kind and I want to show that we can have a conversation and you don't need to do that. Yeah. And you have, but it has to be fair. And sometimes, and I hate to say it, sometimes people learn with physical pain. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to say that. Yeah. So, and you know what I mean? And that's to show them that you have to squash out that negativity or there's somebody, you know, bigger than you that, you know, is going to tell you, like being a parent, you know, it's like sometimes being a parent is hard. It's not, it's not fun. Hmm. You know what I mean? But you have to do it. I'm not your friend. I'm yeah. setting you up for success. And I want that you have the skills to navigate through life and go out into the world and be present and be kind yeah. to people. You know, and I didn't do that. I'm not, you know. Yeah, it's not. So. No, I agree. I think it's not balance, isn't it? I mean, you've got to look after yourself by whatever means, but yeah. it's that, it's that balance of like, you know, I'm going to be kind, but you know, it's how, how fair you are with that. Like you said, I mean, 10 on one isn't fair. Three on one isn't fair. Um, you know, if you, if you want to have a clash with somebody, it's, it's got to be fair. There's, yeah. a, there's a balance, isn't there, with everything. Um, Yeah. And there, I think there's a balance, a balance too between what you put in your mind, right? Hmm. What you're listening to. And there's such a thing in, in our society, I don't know about 
not in London, but you know everybody is so um, negative on Trump, right? So as a country, though, he is our president. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like saying, you know, I don't want to be white. I am white. He is our president. We can't. It's black and white. And to see him fail is to see us fail, yeah. right? And they're so angry, and they're so hell on wheels. Instead of it's like it's almost like they're trying to sell you something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to know what you know is in front of me so I can make an educated guess. But when you have all these smoke and mirrors, and you really don't know the facts because you're not political, you know what I mean? But you want to educate yourself. You got to get out there and vote and do certain things and educate yourself. But here, it seems like people, it's so negative. Yeah. And you, if you want to change, you can't go about it the way we've been going about it. You have to do and get involved and vote and be yeah. a part of it. That's the only way you're going to make a change, you know? Yeah. It's, you've got to make up your own so. mind, haven't you? And I think, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I watch the news and politics, so I'm not heavily into politics, but I think you've got a you've got a very different system to like how it works in the UK. And like you said, you have to really get involved. Um, I mean, in the UK, you have to get involved in politics as well. Um, but like you said, you that person's in control. You can't. The only way you can probably change that is by voting. But you know, it, yeah. Is, is it worth putting your you know your energy into something that you can't really? change over them through vote. That's yeah, exactly right. And that's that's what we try I try to tell the kids sometimes, you know, when you put negative energy into something, you you're not you can't expect to get positive energy out. Right? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to facilitate in a positive way where you have credibility, where you can educate yourself and have a conversation with people and sound like you know what you're talking about. Not saying like, oh, you're full of shit. I don't believe you. Whatever. You don't agree with me. So mm. you know, let's. It, it's just fascinating to me how many how many conversations go like that. Instead of really, it almost should feel good to be like, no, I heard this. What do you think about this? You know what I mean? What's your opinion on this? And then it's almost like, ah, that's a different perspective. You know. Mm. There was a, there was a woman. She told me a story. She was on Instagram. And she was an African-American woman, and she was getting uh, an award at this big-time um, event that she was going to. And she had to travel to this place, and she broke a nail. And she had, you know, she was speaking, so she was holding a microphone and stuff. So she needed to get it fixed. Luckily, it was in the afternoon. She said that she got on the elevator and that an older white couple got on, said, good morning, how are you? A white woman got on, good morning. So everybody that got on said good morning and interacted with her, except for the last older, like, in his 80s couples, right? So the elevator stopped, and the older man, the last one that got on, said, ladies first. So the two white women got back, you know, got off first. And so he didn't clear the path because she was the first one to get on, remember? Yeah. Uh, the African-American woman. So she went to go, and he had an umbrella in his hand. And he said, I said, he like tapped her with it. He said, I said, ladies first. And nobody said a word on that elevator. Yeah. But yet they all had conversations with her. Good morning. How are you? You know what I mean? Prior 
to the incident, but when she needed the support the most, and this was nine months ago, mm. nobody said a word. Yeah. So here she is, affluent, educated, getting an award, and yet two seconds of her life just put her down. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that moment. She's like, nobody can have that perspective but me. Nobody had that experience but me about things. You know what I mean? Remember that not everybody is treated the same. And I think that's what we have to really enlighten ourselves with. You know what I mean? People carry things around with them, and they don't make them ever have anybody else's problems, right? But it's, they still take it all the time. And I think that bubbling over and, and what kind of person you are and how you can navigate through that, or if you just had enough, you know what I mean? And you want it to stop. I can't imagine what that feels like. You know, I've never experienced that. And it's just sad. I feel sorry for people who, you know, think and believe that way, you know, and people can be like that. I mean, I I think, you know, what you give out, you get back. Yes. I totally agree. And, you know, what goes around comes around. And, you know, what, what energy you put out into the world, you know, that's going to come back to you. That's... Definitely, yeah. I agree. And, and I think, too... If we think about it, you never know who's watching, right? Mm. <laughs> and you never know who's to walk around the corner. Yeah. And I think that's so important to catch yourself almost like getting caught when you're doing something bad. Mm. You know what I mean? So don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it. It's just such wasted energy and so extra, mm. you know? Yeah. So that's my mantra, you know, walk with love and wellness because we are all going through something and you never know what a hello, a hug, a smile, or, you know, funny, you know, can do for something. It's, it's interesting. When working with autistic kids, um, it's the little things that kids love. And so a way that I can connect with kids is I make them bracelets. Like, I make them little tiny ones. And when I see them come through the market with their parents, and they say, excuse me, or there's a booth next to me, and they'll say, thank you. It's like a sample, you know, like a smoothie sample or a piece of cookie. And they say, thank you, without anybody saying anything. I have these pre-made bracelets just to fit, you know, two all the way up to like seven, eight, nine, you know. And I give them out for free. And the parents' face and their face, and it's such a small token, right? But it's not their parents catching them saying thank you. It's me. And that's the difference between um, showing people, right, from the outside that their parents are getting rewarded because they've taught their child that. You know what I mean? That it's a positive thing, but somebody else is rewarding them besides their parents, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's been such a joy to see their faces. And it's so cute because I will never hand a child a bracelet, right, that I don't want back. You know what I mean? Because they won't give it back. You know what I mean? They don't understand that it costs money, you know? And so the parents are like, oh, no, I can't afford it. And so I always ask them, can I give her, give her a bracelet? Because I don't want them to think that in any way I want to charge them for it. But it's been a really cool experience and just something special, you know what I mean, between mm-hmm. me and them. So I can't wait to get back to doing that and catching, you know, those little moments, yeah. you know. And it's so, it's so great because they come back and a couple girls, that are local, you know, they're like, I don't know, five or six, 
they'll come back and they'll say, okay, I'm ready for my pink one or my blue one, yeah. you know, because last time it was a different color, yeah. Or, or they'll come by and they'll do something, you know, special. They'll say thank you or hi or, you know, so it's really cute. It's, it's, it's a great connection, you know, with my community. Yeah. So I love it. I think that's really, you know, so I think it's amazing and really nice and positive and inspiring what you're doing, you know, with with making these bracelets and the connection from the bracelets to, you know, what you went through and you're doing, you know, you're doing something that you're passionate about and you can do something that's nice, you know, through being creative and making these bracelets, giving it to people and... You know, your your inspiring you know story behind it as well. Yeah, and I think it's just simple. It's a, it's such a small, and it's something within my wheelhouse that I can do right. That they they go to that farmers market, and sometimes like me, I have a two nickel budget. I have six ninety five to buy the kids a smoothie, right? I only have a specific amount of money that I can go to, and when you go to places like that, like Disneyland or just because you can get into a place doesn't mean that you can afford certain things. Mm. And so sometimes they'll go to the produce at that, and that'll be the one thing that they get, you know what I mean? Or so to me, it's those kind of moments where they may not have gotten anything at the market because their parents can't afford it. You know what I mean? And so it's a positive um, message in there with them that no matter where they are, you know what I mean? That, that they, that they are special, you know what I mean? That, that we do, you know, you know, that we seek those kind of things. And I think that's so important, especially with little kids. You know what I mean? They don't know until we tell them, until yeah. we show them. Period. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. yeah. Even though I'm working with so much, now it's, I, I'm really happy, you know, with where I'm at, you know. Yeah, no, I think, I think you know, like, from where you was at some point in your life where you know you couldn't see and all these things were happening and it almost seemed like there was no way out you know like you yeah. you, you pushed through that and you got through that and the, you know the events that unfolded you know it's fate isn't it in some way it's fate and it's you know it's it really yeah and who comes across your path and like you say when you're in those dark moments and you're by yourself and you're it's almost like I wanted to see the kids see me um, upset or that I was passionate or I was scared because all those emotions were authentic. But at the same time, no matter what was going on, we had each other. You know what I mean? Mm. And when I was putting what I was going through, I wanted to keep two things the same, my house and where they went to school. If I could keep those two things consistent, I felt like I, they had that stability, and I did that, and I was so proud to do that, and it, it, I've had people come back and say, wow, I, I really thank you for sharing your story with me, because it taught me perspective, and it taught me that everybody's situation is different, and when you look around, and you are waiting for somebody to be like, woe is me, you have the power to do that, whether it's just thinking positive or changing your thought process. It yeah. can be as simple as that. It has to be a monetary thing. So I mean, do with what's in your power and take on little things. I remember when I first started, I was diagnosed with ADHD mm. um, and I 
what happens is, is that you have this list in your mind, right, of what you need to do. And I was unsuccessful because my list was too long. Mm-hmm. I was never going to be successful at it. And so, they, you know, they want to throw medicine at it. They want to throw all this stuff. And I was like, let me try to be able to um, make a small list. The kids, making yourself successful, right? And so I did that, and it worked. And I was so thankful. Instead of, like, one was when I was going through surgeries, one was just taking a shower. Like yeah. getting dressed and being, you know what I mean? Being present and not in the same position when my kids came home, right? Because they don't know what you've done all day and they see you left, they left you on the couch and you're still there, you know? So it was trying to change positions and, and getting dressed and doing little things that was within my control. So it would set me up for success and it worked. And I'm, like I said, to me, I'm so proud. Like you say, I'm on the other end of it. And if I can help one person who is in the dark, literally, by saying, keep going, one day at a time, reach out to people, know that you're not alone, know that somebody cares about you, they love you, and you may feel all alone, but you're not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think those are the moments where you never know when somebody's going to go through your feed, go through a picture, send a smile, or hello. You know what I mean? Or just a human No, I, I completely agree, and I think, you know, what you're doing is, you know, really, really inspiring, and I think it's really lovely because, you know, you're you're having an impact on other people in a positive way and providing value to others, and I think through your story it can, you know, really make people think and be grateful for where they are and what they have and to never give up, you know, I think there's a lot of things with it. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Speaking Memphis, Maddie, calm down, please. Um, Sorry. No, Sorry. Sorry. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's amazing. Oh, you know, it's really, really, I really appreciate you sharing your story and talking about what happened because I think you know a lot of people need to hear it and I think it will help people, you know, like with what they might be going through. Thank you.